welcome in to the DFFL Podcast, your one-stop shop for all the happenings in the DFFL. Now, here's your hosts, James Wiley and Aaron Kelly. All right, everybody, welcome in to the eighth episode of the DFFL Podcast. So, just to update you on some NFL news, we have several injuries to report. We'll start off with a big trade in the league. Josh Gordon traded to the Patriots for a fifth-round pick. Stop helping the Patriots NFL teams. I don't understand why you help them. You continue to give them good players for no risk at all in their face. Like, a fifth-round pick is not a big risk for what Josh Gordon could potentially be. Aaron, do you have any uh, comments on, on Josh Gordon trade? Um, from a NFL standpoint, this is exactly what the Patriots need. They need that big body guy for the end zone. I'm hopefully going to love it because I got TV 12 fantasy view. This could be a huge, huge gain for big Mike. He's owned two right now, but you know, he's let's see, as I'm taking a look at his roster right now, he's got two of the best. He's got the two best wide receivers in the league. He may add another top 10 wide receiver. It sounds like Josh Gordon isn't actually that injured with his hamstring. So he could use it as a, a trade piece and he may be able to upgrade somewhere. This, this could be huge for him. Yeah. I mean, and it's unfortunate for Mike that he's 0 2. I mean, he, he's got the fifth highest points in the league. He just happened to have played me and Kalo, who have two of the top, uh, scoring teams so he just had a rough start to the the year we'll see how he goes on in week three later when we preview things but okay as far as Steelers watch because now it's all Steelers watch Lev Bell still not reporting and Monday Antonio Brown did not report uh his agent came out and said that you know it was a personal matter and that's why he didn't go to film review I don't think there's a big deal here. People are making it a big deal because he tweeted out, then trade me to some fan who was saying that Antonio Brown's overrated. Your thoughts on the matter? Yeah, it's an, it's just people trying to make something bigger than it is. Um, he'll be back and he'll be a he'll be a stealer for the rest of the season, uh, and that's the end of it. Yeah. So let's talk injuries. We have several running backs who are injured. Melvin Gordon was fatigued and, and tired by the end of the game, so he got taken out, and that got him a question, <laughs> questionable tag. We're all tired at the end of the game. Yeah, you should be. If you're not, then there's something wrong. Um, Who else? Uh, LaShawn McCoy had a bruised rib when he came out of the game in the fourth quarter. We have Joe Mixon, who had a knee procedure done to remove some particles that were in there from a previously existing injury. He's designated with two to four weeks. People are hopeful for two weeks, but knees make me shaky for running backs. I always assume the worst, so I, I assume he'll be on there for four weeks. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, Dalvin Cook was cramping in the last game, so he came out in overtime. So around October 14th there, and I'd recommend you check your um, your lineup, see if there's any you know time of the month questionable tags for... Dalvin Cook. The other big injury, Devonta Freeman is uh, was came out that he's probably going to be out for up to three weeks. Uh, the Falcons said they're not sure how long he's going to be out for, but that's the time frame that that has been floating around out there. What do you what do you got on that, Aaron? You you're a former Devonta Freeman owner. 
And I actually, like, you're a Tevin Coleman owner, so you're you're on the opposite side of this today. I am. Uh, I think this is a a really really big hit for Eric because obviously, as his running back one, and uh, not putting up too many points, he needs all the points he can get. Yeah, he stole a win this week, but uh, losing Freeman is huge. On the opposite end, owning Coleman, even though Matt Ryan ran in two touchdowns this weekend. Um, you know, I think it for the next two or three weeks for me, it's definitely on the plus side. Uh, like you said, knees are shaky. Um, out of the guys you all named, I think Freeman and Mixon are the ones that concern me the most. I have very limited concern for Gordon or Cook. The only thing I would be concerned about with McCoy is the fact that if the Buffalo Bills continue to trend in the direction that they're going, an injury like an ankle that could be reoccurring, he may just he may just cash it in himself. Oh, you mean he might retire at halftime, kind of like Vontae Davis? I mean, listen, if you're not up to your standards and you can't do it anymore, just cash it in at halftime. <laughs> right. You, I almost did that this half. I almost did that when uh, I was playing Kyle. My team was doing so poorly. You know, I just cashed it in. Yeah, but then you'd be an ER Diddy or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, or the newly found Kalo. Yeah, right. He's what a, is what is with that? I don't know. He he thinks uh, he's he's thinking it's a superstition. He keeps saying, "Well, well, it worked last week." So I, I think know. I have to send him more of the dark arts. You know, like confidence i gotta send him some confidence so maybe i'll text him and give him a pick me up you need to make his dark mark burn a little yep <laughs> all right so that's all the news that we got this week for you guys uh well i think i think we missed a jai so just to touch on that it's his back oh you're right a jai i don't i'm not huge on a jai you already know this i know he had a good week one a decent week two i think diddy will probably miss him a little bit but to be honest, um, it, you know, he, he might miss this week. He'll probably be back in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say he's going to miss him because he is his second running back, and he only has two other running backs on the roster currently, Dion Lewis and Nick Chubb, and Lewis had 4.8 points last week. Not somebody I'm trusting going forward, especially because they're playing Jacksonville. I guess you could say, you could argue that because they're playing Jacksonville, they're going to need the more short yardage passing back, and that's why Lewis is going to be better this week. But, you know, it's also, if you're looking at their his scores, he had 19.5 points week one, and he had 4.8 points week two. 19.5 came against Miami. I hate to break it to you, but Miami's not good. So, despite their mirage of 2-0 and start, they've never been good against the run, and I don't think that you know, Deion Lewis is, he, I think he was just taking advantage of the Dolphins that first week. So did he maybe in the market for another running back? We'll see. Well, unfortunately for you, all of your trade pieces just went to shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. That means I could probably get AJ Green from him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just take it down one AJ time. Green for Luke Sean McCoy. <laughs> all right. So let's, on, we'll move on. Go. Cue up the ditty. Oh, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. All right. 
onto onto the regular season games here. Let's get started. So as always, we're going to start with the highest scoring affair and then work our way down for the next three. And then we'll talk about the matchup of the week. So the highest scoring affair this week was Matt Kalos focused on playoffs versus Joey Mack's So You're the Ass Man. And Joey Mack blew it out of the water this week. He had 157.8 points, much to Kalos' chagrin because Kalos had the second highest score of 138.3. Just for a frame of reference, Joey Mack's 157.8 points is... 10 points less than Eric has on the season so far as a whole team, like for his first two weeks. So Joey definitely blew it out of the water this week. He got five touchdowns from Pat Mahomes. He got a great week from McCaffrey. He got a great week from Diggs. He got a great week from Hopkins. He got a great week from Evans, Ertz. His worst players, he had Adrian Peterson with 6.5, Panthers with one, and Justin Tucker with seven, which if you're getting seven from a kicker, you're not your heart's not broken. No, definitely not. And I guess we have to start looking into the fact that Patrick Mahomes is the real deal. I mean, two weeks in a row, four touchdowns, no fumbles, no interceptions, six touchdowns in the second week. Um, I mean, this that's just crazy talk. I probably just jinxed him, so my fault, Joe Mack. <laughs> well, to be fair, if he continued on that pace, he'd end with 80 touchdowns. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, and let me tell you, I'm honestly quite surprised, pleasantly surprised. I mean, he he wasn't drafted, right? Joe Mack picked him up? That is correct. Nope, he was picked up for $7 last week by Joey. And it already paid dividends. Christian McCaffrey putting up good numbers. I do like that. He's getting a lot of, you know, receiving um, chances, 100 yards there. Uh, Does it? 15 targets. Am I reading that correctly? Yeah, 14 Uh, receptions on 15 targets. Yeah, I mean, those are numbers you absolutely love from a running back. And he picked it up for Adrian Peterson, who kind of got shut down this week. I think he'll be fine going forward. You know, he's a good RB2, I think. I mean, it's really, it's the only RB2 that uh, you don't really trust Burkhead. I'm still not trusting Jamal Williams. So I'd still be rolling with... Adrian Peterson over those guys. Stefan Diggs is a monster. He's an absolute monster. And every Vikings player, excuse me, every Vikings receiver is going to be a monster. So Joe Mack's going to have that locked down. Hopkins finally back to his old self into the end zone and a 20 point week, which I like. Evans, another big week. Oh my God. You know, I would, I would die for a team like that. Unfortunately, my team is just a bunch of underachievers. Kirk Cousins, moving on to Kalo. Let me tell you, I'm huge on this guy. Kalo has a good good quarterback here. He's making the right choice by playing Kirk Cousins. It's just roll with him the rest of the season. He's got so many weapons that he's just going to put up numbers every week. Uh, still loving Kamara. Uh, disappointed with Odell, though. I think that was his letdown this week. I don't think he would have caught Joe Mack anyway, but um, you want to see more than seven points from Odell Beckham Jr., especially when he's supposed to be your wide receiver one, even though Tariq Hill will probably end up being his wide receiver one for the season. Yeah, um, I'm going to track back to the ass man and just uh, voice a couple opinions. 
Pat Mahomes is going to take a, a downturn. I think he will still be a usable quarterback. I think he's still uh, a better option than Matt Ryan, despite Matt Ryan running in um, all of his touchdowns this week. But, you know, Mahomes is going to have up games and down games. We'll see how that goes. Adrian Peterson, um, his game, his usefulness is going to be dependent on the week. You know, going into this week, I would expect Adrian Peterson would have been good because he has he had they were, he had a great matchup in Indianapolis. However, they were down for the game, and so that led to Chris Thompson being used more in the passing game, and he sat on Kalos bench as that was going on, and ended up being um, his highest scoring running back actually. Oh, second highest scoring running back. His highest scoring running back was Matt Burita, who was also on his bench. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I trust that going forward, though. Yeah, no, I, I, don't. I just I don't. I don't think any Forty Nine er running back should be starting anywhere, and that, and that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, one hundred percent agreed. It is kind of crazy. Matt Breed is leading the NFL right now in in rushing yards, um, but not not something that's trustworthy in my eyes. Chris Thompson, I think, is more usable. I think it's going to be an alternating week if Adrian Peterson has. A bad week, it's probably because the Redskins were losing and Chris Thompson was in more. If they're winning, Peterson will have better numbers and it's and Chris Thompson won't have such great numbers. So they'll kind of play off of each other every week. Stefan Diggs, I think I'm gonna it's I mean, we're two weeks into the season and I have two out of three of these guys. My top three guys heading into the draft that I like wanted on my team, like realistically considering um rounds and stuff, were Melvin Gordon. Uh, Joe Mixon and Stefan Diggs. I wanted Stefan Diggs pretty badly. Um, that was even he was even part of a conversation piece that Joey and I had had <laughs> talks over. Um, and he was he was possibly going to be traded to me for uh, Saquon, but I opted not to. And I'm starting to regret that decision. Although I guess not. Maybe with five four of my running backs being injured. Look at look at um. As I'm just peeking at these bench players, I mean, you're looking at Joe Max, 2.2, 8.6, 12.5, 3.4. That's your, like, standard bench. Look at Kalo's bench, 15.3, 11.5, 15.8, 23.4. Now, let's just say that Breda obviously isn't going to do that again, but got some good pieces here that he can trade away. There's no reason anyone wouldn't want to trade for Golden Tate. Especially if you're looking for a wider. Agreed. Season. I've tried to a couple times. Um, and if you're come and if you have a lot of injuries to running backs, there's no reason you can't take a shot at an RB two for maybe a little cheaper piece for Carlos Hyde. He's going to give you ten to twelve points. Yeah, uh, I was. I I actually was on the phone with Kalo just before we started here, and you know he's he. I'm not going to give away too much because he does plan to come on and, and talk some smack to the rest of the league and tell him who tell us who he thinks the best five teams are and the worst five teams are. And um spoiler alert, he thinks his team is the best shocker. He <laughs> uh, and and one of the things he referenced was having such a deep good bench and he's torn up about he's like I can't even add anyone cuz who the heck do I drop? And you know other than the fact that we talked about Jordy Nelson is droppable for him probably yeah um alex collins is his most droppable player that's not on the bench correct and we talked about how 
I was kind of surprised he didn't start Hyde over Collins. Um, yeah, you know, I would rather have that consistency than worrying about whether I'm going to get three points or 12 points. Especially right. RB, especially from an RB2, you want those consistent points, whereas Alvin Kamara, you want that high ceiling potential. I mean, he's got a high floor, but you know what I'm, you know what I'm right, getting at. Right, right. I mean, it's... It, I don't blame him necessarily. I would have started Hyde. I don't blame him for the second week waiting to see if Hyde really was going to get those numbers again because they have three capable backs there. Yeah. Um, you know, I know you got a chub for chub mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, Duke Johnson could blow up any at any point. They paid him money. I expect him to blow up at some point. Um, but yeah, Kalo has a, has a great team. Uh, it's kind of scary team. It's unfortunate for him that he just had to play Joey this week, who who just exploded. Yeah, and that's the way it goes. I mean, some weeks you're going to play teams like where Rob and Eric both come up short, but one of them grabs a win, whereas you'll be playing someone who puts up the biggest numbers, and you're going to take an L. And, I mean, I guess that's the beauty of fantasy football. It's also the most frustrating thing to watch your players perform Um all together for a week and still lose. And then next week, none of your players will perform and you'll still lose. So, I mean, it's, it's a complete crapshoot, but if I was Kalo, I, I, you wouldn't be mad about losing this. You would actually be excited because you're putting up numbers. You'd just be a little aggravated. That's all. Yeah. Uh, I will add an asterisk to this. I've been saying that he had the second highest points, um, and I've been saying that based on the fact that's what he was saying during our whole phone conversation. I just found somebody who had higher points, and that's who we're going to move on to next. Ooh. Okay, on to the real second highest scorer. Diddler on the roof beat uh, Wes's shitheads 142.2 to 96.1. Um, and looking over Diddy's score, he had a pretty solid outing from everybody. You know, the other than his defense, who had five points, the worst score, and his kicker who had eight points, who whatever, as long as they're five or above, I'm I'm fine with my defense and my kicker. Um, you know, Ajayi had nine point two, and Jarvis Landry had nine point four. Little low, but again, they're on that edge of double digits, which is what you want to see from every position. Uh, and and I'll take it going against the West's shitheads team, where you know you're praying to see anything above zero um (laughs) stafford had a bounce back week getting 24.7 points zeke had a a standard week at 17.2 aj green blew up on thursday night we were talking about that last episode because we were watching it happen before our eyes as we were recording uh adam thielen had another big week 25 points and i mean just like you said in the last game Diggs had 33 points, I think. Adam Thielen had 25 points. Like, these receivers are insane. They're just going to keep getting numbers and and doing what they do. Another guy that you're not a big fan of uh, had a good week. Evan Ingram had 16.2 points. You know, even without that touchdown, he had a solid 10, 10 points with 7 receptions, 67 yards. So... You know, it's a it's a solid week, and it's what people were expecting when they drafted Evan Ingram. Yeah, uh, nice to see Matt Stafford is back. Um, we knew that wasn't going to continue. That was a, that was a complete fluke, and yeah. we all know that the Jets really suck. Um, 
Ezekiel Elliott, I still am not. I'm. I don't. I'm still not a believer. I don't care. I, I'm going to say this all all year. All right. So uh, is that? I'm, but is that a talent thing, or is that an offensive line and then uh, defensive scheming against him thing? That the second. Okay. Uh, only because they don't have anyone else to go to. Yeah. Um, I like Zeke as a player. He's a great player. Right. But. There's only so much you can do before teams like Jacksonville and Tennessee, you know, four weeks, six weeks into the season, start start hammering down on that run game. It's going to happen. Right. And and what's going to happen is Dak's going to have to step up. But I'm not going to harp on that until Ezekiel actually has a bad week, and then I'll just rip him a new one. Um, <laughs> tell everyone I was right. Hey, it's nice to see J.H.I.'s back to normal. I'm glad he uh, – <laughs> glad he – you know, got his seven attempts for 23 yards. I mean, without that touchdown, he he was completely useless. That's the Jay Ajayi we know and the Jay Ajayi we hate. Um, <laughs> and it's it's such a cop-out that he would have 20 points the first week and then ooh, 9.2, we'll edit that out later, 9.2 <laughs> the next week. And you know what he's going to do next week? He won't play. Then against Tennessee, he'll put up another seven points. He won't get in the end zone. It's just, it's such a scam, that guy. Landry, good to go. Green, Thielen, just like you said. Ingram, uh, good game. I'm not going to knock him for that, but I don't see it being consistent. Uh, Man, Deion Lewis is going to be a coin flip every week. What are you going to get? The good thing is that you know, Diddy doesn't really have to choose. He just sets this lineup, and and that's it. I mean, he could roll with a with a five point JGIE, and with this lineup and these wide receivers, he's still going to get the win. Well, he uh, does have some decisions to make with Ajayi uh, being out this upcoming week, and and we don't know how long that's going to go forward. That's true. I'm playing Deion Lewis. I'm not playing Chubb. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. He may pick he may pick someone up, but I'm still even if I pick someone up. Based on what I've seen, I'm still rolling with Deion Lewis, I think, because he's got that potential. Looking at Wes, Cam does exactly what he needs. That's a harsh week from David Johnson. I I don't think that's ever going to happen again. I mean, holy cow, were the Arizona Cardinals atrocious? I mean, t- they must have been watching Bills. All right, time out. First, you're ripping on Wes because his fantasy team sucks. Now you're ripping on his real team all in the same segment. Yeah, well, actually, I wasn't. I haven't ripped on Wes yet, but God, the Cardinals were awful. Yeah. They were literally awful. Hopefully, this doesn't happen because if I if I was a David Johnson owner and I saw five point six from David Johnson, who is easily a top three running back, maybe probably even top two. Some some might even put him as their one. You see five point six, that immediately. I don't care who you are. It pisses you off. Oh yeah. It pisses you off. Especially when it's not because of an injury. Like, if it's an injury, you're pissed, but coming out of that game totally healthy and only having 5.6 points? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, it's a crazy stat. The the Cardinals didn't even get past the 50 until, like, two minutes left in the fourth quarter or something like that. That's pathetic. And what needs to be looked at is maybe the coaching decisions. Um I'm not about. I'm not saying fire coaches, but maybe have a little sit down with the OC and be like, "Hey, we have to be a little more effective going forward. We have some decent receivers. We have one of the best running backs in the league. How is this occurring?" They're probably going to bring in Josh Rosen sooner rather than later. Um, that that kind of scares me. Yeah, it does. But I mean, the Bradford experiment's not going very well. You know, it is a new coaching staff, so 
they probably do have some some time for themselves to you know try and try and fix it before they get fired probably make it through the season at least i would imagine um so yeah we'll see we'll see what happens down there in the desert yeah it's nice to see the real isaiah crowell showed up we i mean i hate to say <laughs> i told you so but that's what you're going to get he's not a good running back I don't care. You can try to change my mind. Isaiah Crowell is garbage. Um, I like the play of Ted Ginn Jr. You know, you took a, he took a shot. I'm not going to knock him for that. I would, I would have picked him up too and played him. He, you know, five receptions for a touchdown last week. Um, this time only four receptions, not in the end zone, but you know, you got to take a shot. My, my little harp on Wes is if you draft Devin Funches that high, he better be playing for you every week. Get yeah. him in the, get him in the lineup over Sterling Shepard because Sterling Shepard is not going to be anything this season. Yeah. Um, Wes's best move though is Philip Lindsay. I was not a believer. I was going to put in for him, but I didn't believe what I saw. With the 15 attempts and the 71 yards, I just didn't feel it. And then the guy comes out, and he still gets 14 attempts, which he's which is good, and 100 yards. So he's got to start playing him, I think, either in his flex or over Crowell. Um, I like that pickup. That actually makes his team a little bit more competitive. But just get Shepard out, get Funchess in, play Lindsey over Crowell or in your flex. But that's that's how I would that's how I would roll out anyway. David Johnson, Philip, yeah. Uh, Tariq Cohen picked up a questionable tag. We didn't mention that during injuries because Tariq Cohen. Yeah, I mean, Michael Thomas is a stud again, getting 25, around that 25 point mark, 24.9. And he's got 30 in the first uh, week. He's got, he's a second ranked, second ranked wide receiver. He is a stud, an absolute stud. And that's why Diddy traded for him last year. That's why he gave up Brown for Michael Thomas because Michael Thomas is a stud, guys. <laughs> All right, just a little uh, pandering to the audience there. Um, Kyle, Rud- <laughs> Kyle Rudolph showed up a little bit, seven receptions, 72 yards. That's what you like to see from a tight end. Yep. A solid 10-point game without a touchdown because that means that some weeks, if he can maintain that every week and then every once in a while, you know, end the season with five to eight touchdowns, that's, you know, and every other week, 16-pointer then and then 10 points the rest of the weeks. That's what you want and that's what you expected from Kyle Rudolph when you drafted him. So I think Wes is set at the tight end position. I think the Njoku experiment can end. He could move on from Njoku this week. He can move on from Jimmy Garoppolo this week. He can move on from pieces and 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 pick some other pieces up. You know, I'd be I'd be eyeing Tyree Cohen to get rid of. I'd be eyeing uh Sterling Shepard to get rid of, Njoku and I'd and Garoppolo and I'd be looking to pick some other pieces or make some Two for one trades or something to to beef this roster up because he has great pieces. Uh, it's just a matter of you know building what's around those pieces. The ancillary pieces need to improve a little bit for him to to make some noise in this league. Yeah, and uh, you know there are, there's a couple of available players that can certainly help out. And unfortunately, Owen two right now, but you know it's a, it's an uphill climb, but it's doable. Yeah, Wes's new theme song. Miley Cyrus, the climb. Love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's move on. Let's talk the next game because you got to end on that Miley Cyrus comment. <laughs> the next highest scoring game was actually our game of the week. We'll move on to that last. So we're going to move on to the fourth highest scoring game, and that's Wiley's Dead Footballers versus Big Mike's Maulers. A little rhyming there for you. Okay, so 
the WDFB beat Big Mike Smallers 121.9 to 104.6. Wiley had some up and down players. He had a solid performance from Philip Rivers. It was a solid decision to put him against Buffalo in over Drew Brees against Cleveland. You know, both close calls, both not playing great teams. Uh, I just decided Buffalo's way worse than Cleveland. So gained an advantage there uh, by about five points. Um, Saquon had a solid outing at 17.8 without scoring a touchdown, so that's encouraging. Joe Mixon got 9.2, a little disappointing, a little underperforming, but it was in a game that they were winning pretty handily for most of the game, and he was having some knee issues. Uh, Melvin Gordon, 27.6. Not actually the most encouraging game, and, and it's you might wonder why he had almost 30 points, but I'm not encouraged by the fact that he had nine carries for 28 yards and six receptions for 38 yards. It's not a lot of yardage. It's three touchdowns that carried him to that number. So, I mean, without those three touchdowns, you're looking at like 9.6 points. So not like, you know, I'm not going to, I'll take it. I'm going to take the 27 points and be happy with it, but a little discouraged by the numbers associated with it. Brandon Cooks, that's kind of what I drafted Brandon Cooks hoping. And again, I'm a little excited. Seven receptions for 159 yards, no touchdowns. Um, Corey Davis, eight points, kind of, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a toss up at that second wide receiver position for me. Could have gone Kenny Galladay, could have gone Nelson Aguilar, could have gone Corey Davis. I decided to go Corey Davis because I think that in the end, talent trumps situation and Despite the nicked up Mariota, I was hoping for a better game from Corey Davis. Um, but Nelson Aguilar and Kenny Galladay outshined him. George Kittle. Brilliant purchase, James. Brilliant purchase. $21 for 3.2 points. Fantastic. And then Saints and Brandon McManus, uh, 6 and 8 points. I don't care. As long as they're above 5, uh, that's what I... That's what I can hope for from a defense and a kicker. It's it's hard to predict. You can't predict a kicker or a defense getting 20 points or 15 points. Like, you got to hope that they get you 5 to 10 points, and then anything beyond that is is uh, a cherry on top. A um, couple solid, really solid performances across the bench. Um, several double-digit points. Um, so what do you got to say about the Wiley's um, dead footballers? You're happy with Rivers. You're happy with Saquon. Um, he's getting a lot of volume, which is nice. Uh, Mixon, definitely not happy with. Obviously, he's going to be out for a little while. So, um, you know, you're going to have to deal with that. But it looks like you've drafted enough running backs to do that. Uh, Gordon, I know you said you're unhappy. But I'll tell you what, anyone in this league will take those 27 points any day, well, even if he had three yards on three touchdowns. True. Uh, Cook's definitely on the up right now. Uh, you're not going to be mad about anything he's doing, and it looks like he's got a tough two matchups coming up, maybe three, but then it kind of softens toward the middle and definitely softens. Uh, maybe not in the playoffs. Gets a little harder. We'll see. But, hey, you'll take his points right now. Corey Davis, not sold on him yet. Um, you're more of a football guy than I am, but... I still think I might play Nelson Aguilar over him next week. Yeah, um, the the eight receptions for thirty three yards kind of like 
got me skittish about playing him. I, that That's like an insane amount of receptions for no yards, so that's why I didn't play him. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, plus, uh, Wentz is coming back. You don't know what his rapport is like and who he's going to favor. Right. Uh, so that's always got to take that into consideration. Now, you and I are firm believers in drafting a tight end extremely late. And here you are. It paid $21 off. Spending $21 on a freaking tight end that plays for the San Francisco 49ers, who I've been shitting on all year, and they're my favorite team. Okay? (laughs) What? Where, Where did this even come up? I know, obviously, it was the first week with putting up money, and we don't know how people are going to pay and stuff, but holy cow. I mean, mean, we we talked about this a little last week with the waivers, but just to re-defend my point, I picked him up because for $21 because two teams lost starting tight ends in Greg Olson and Delaney Walker. I thought there was going to be a bit of a bidding war, so that's why I kind of went a little high, and... I talked about the strategy last week. Like I thought it might've gone and you know, I don't know how Eric's going to spend. I don't know how Cranmer's going to spend. Um, Eric's not going to spend. <laughs> you're right. Eric's not going to make moves. Eric has Delaney Walker on his IR. Who's not coming back this year. So that's a good use of the IR spot. Um, you know, and still, uh, yeah, he still has one more win than I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's fantasy is a cruel, cruel game. He's, you know, he's he's leading the 49ers in targets, which is encouraging. Um, I just, like I'm hoping it was just like the game script, maybe that didn't lead to him getting points. I mean, they were ahead by a lot for most of the game. Detroit came back late. So and Burrito was going nuts. So, again, this is a Corey similar to a Corey Davis situation. I believe in the talent and I believe that. Now I ha- I'm forced to based on the fact that I spent $21, but when I spent that $21, I was like, I'm buying someone who I'm starting every week and I'm not like, I'm not playing the tight end game. I don't care. I don't want to rotate tight ends every week. I don't want to have to deal with that. So I'm sort of all, I, I'm sort of all my chips in on Kittle and we'll see what happens. So let's just say in the next Four weeks, he puts up somewhere between like four and six points every week. Uh, three weeks would probably be my threshold. Three weeks of not great points, and I would make another move. Okay, so we expect you in three weeks to be spending another $21? <laughs> no, because even right now, I don't see anyone out there who I would spend you know, more than a dollar or two on as a tight end right now. Yes, Jesse James had 20-something points, 28 points or whatever, 21 points. I don't even know what it was, but he had a lot of points. That's not happening again. Like, that's that was his peak. You know, I don't think that Kittle has reached his peak. Um, And we'll see. It's, you know, even if he gets IR, I might have to leave him in there for how much I spent on him. Yeah. LaShawn McCoy is a concern. I don't even think you could use him as a tradable piece right now just because that's how bad Buffalo I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you I can. I've been trying like the Dickens to trade him. Yeah, I you couldn't. You'd have to pay me $21.5 to take him. Um, I've got that. I'll do that. 
<laughs> I'm still not going to take him. It's actually encouraging to see Kenyon Drake doing so well. Um, you know, he's getting the attempts. He's getting the yards. He got in the end zone, which is nice. Aguilar putting up numbers. But, again, Wentz comes back, so we don't know how that's going to be. That's more like the Drew Brees I know. Um Galladay, again, putting up numbers. I like that. Uh, he's consistent. And honestly, I think I start Galladay. Uh, now looking at it, I start Galladay over Aguilar and Davis. Yeah, uh, that's that's a move that's probably coming pretty quickly. Derrick Henry is not going to do anything for me. But I'm looking like for next week, slotting Kenyon Drake in for Mixon and yep. then Galladay in for Davis. Yeah. So I think that my depth is okay because, you know, Mixon's going to come back. My receivers, whatever. Like, if Galladay can keep going like this, because he's had two double-digit weeks, but one of them didn't come with a touchdown. So that's what I really like to see. I like to see players who get double digits without touchdowns because that means weeks that they do get touchdowns, they're high double-digit points. Man, I just like to see players with double digits, damn. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Cranmer. Let's move on to Cranmer. We spent a lot of time on me. Holy cow, Ben Roethlisberger. After such a terrible opener against a Cleveland Browns team that is so much better, holy gunslinging in Kansas City versus Pittsburgh. Now, the thing that makes me nervous about Cranmer's team is the fact that Roethlisberger puts up 39 points and he's still only sitting at 104. Now, that's going to come down probably by 19 points, if not more, 20 points. That really puts him at, like, 84-ish. So that's a little concerning. Again, not huge on his running backs. I don't believe in Howard. Um, Connor is his best pickup. He needs to keep his fingers crossed that Le'Veon Bell never comes back. Uh, Allen Robinson... Not huge on him. Antonio Brown, a down, you know, he's having the issues. Oh, I didn't show up, all that crap. It's bull crap. Um, He'll be fine. I'm actually surprised he only had 11 points when Ben Roethlisberger had 39 points. Um, Well, that's actually part of the issue there. That's why he kind of didn't show up, allegedly. He's a little upset that he didn't get his. Yeah, and, and he should be because he's the number one wide receiver in the league. Um, I mean, he had nine receptions. It's not like they didn't target him. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, he had actually had 17 targets. Yeah. Uh, Julio Jones, a little disappointing. So let's say, like, take 20 points away from Ben Roethlisberger, give Antonio Brown eight more, give Julio Jones eight more. You know, uh, I guess he's sitting around the... the that's, that's around the 100 marks. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good place to be. That, that and makes then, you know, get get six points from a defense because you're not going to get a negative one defense every week. And and five. Why are you playing the Ravens? Well, they're they they're a decent defense. And to be honest, he probably watched them the week before and thought they were super good because they played Buffalo. But in reality, Buffalo just sucks. Buffalo is that bad. So you know, when he was picking a defense, he went a little wide right. Oh, man, that hurts. Um, Again, though, looking down, um, Lamar Miller, he's just Mr. Consistent. And uh, I'm not saying to start him over Jordan Howard. I don't know if I would because Jordan Howard has obviously put up more numbers. But I do like Lamar Miller better than Jordan Howard. Um, 
if something should go down with Le'Veon Bell coming back, Lamar Miller slots in at a solid 8 to 12 points as running back, too. Yeah, and um, let's see, Fitzpatrick putting up numbers again, but again, you're, you're not playing Fitzpatrick, and you can't play P- Fitzpatrick and Roethlisberger at the same time, so either Fitzpatrick's just going to leave those points on the or you have to maybe work out a trade for him, but I don't know how m- much people really trust him. Um, well, just going to throw this out there. They play each other this week, so he's going to have to make a decision of which one to put in this week. Yeah, I, Josh Gordon, I think, becomes... Uh, maybe not. Not this week, but maybe week five, week four, week five, becomes an, an automatic s- slot in at my flex. Oh, 100% three touchdowns week four against Miami. Oh, and I hope so. Um, not you. because Not because <laughs> of Miami, but because I need Tom to throw some touchdowns. Um, he, that alone can give, you know, Cramner a little bit of trading power where he can upgrade that running back position if he chooses to do so. Yeah. Uh, because Josh Gordon is going to be a monster with Tom Brady throwing to him. Yeah, you know, if he, he has one good week, you know, send a little uh, two-for-one trade over to West, maybe a Lamar Miller and a Josh Gordon for a David Johnson if he's still underperforming, see what happens there. We're Here we go. We're facilitating trades here, not between our teams. Yeah, well, hopefully neither of us will need to trade, although it's usually you and I who do initiate most of the trades in this league. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with regards to Ryan Fitzpatrick and his tradeability, this is probably honestly his last week. I mean, if they keep going, you st- you keep starting him, right? If they win this week, yeah, yeah. If he's but if he's three and zero, if Tampa Bay's three and zero, you have to start him. You're starting him through the Chicago game, either Pittsburgh, Chicago, and then four and zero. There's no point in playing Jameis Winston. You're not bringing him back. You're going to roll with Fitzpatrick because Winston isn't needed. He's not needed. You're you're not going to ruin something as a coach that's going well and take a chance on the unknown. Even though they kind of they know what Jameis Winston is about, obviously Fitzpatrick is fitting in really well with this offense. You're not changing that. Yeah. Now, if he continues to put up 20 plus points, I mean right now 42 and 30 points, it's going to drop, it's slowly decreasing. Um, but four touchdowns, four over 400 yards both games. Um, if he continues this trend, that becomes a a piece where you can trade for a wide receiver one, a running back one, if someone really needs a a quarterback. If an injury occurs, you you never know. Well, that's that's essentially what you're waiting for. Everybody kind of has their quarterback right now, so you're waiting for that first big injury to occur. Yep. So we'll see. Um. With regards to the rest of his team, Chris Carson's droppable to me. Royce Freeman and Carrion Johnson, I guess I hold on to them because there's nothing out there really that I want a lot more. But you hold on and see what they're going to become. I suspect Carrion Johnson will take over some pretty big workload in Detroit as the season progresses. Royce Freeman, I don't know. I think that everyone pegged him in as a, as a, you know, he was a high draft pick, so they figured. He's going to be the guy. Fourth round draft pick in our league by Cranmer, 36 overall. I think that was a wasted pick. I think that um, 
and and that was not even knowing that Philip Lindsay was going to be a thing. Now we know Philip Lindsay's a thing, so now we know Royce Freeman's kind of he's kind of reeling right now. Um, yeah, I, well, I, mean, I think Wes has has got the advantage there. He's he's picked up uh, Lindsay, and I think Denver will roll with Lindsay going forward. Yeah, it's like two weeks of of Lindsay getting. 15 and 14 carries and Royce Freeman has gotten 15 and eight. So the advantage for Royce was he was the short uh, goal line back. He got that touchdown, um, but we'll see. We'll see how it, it rolls. Um, and yeah, Josh Gordon's going to be a huge piece for him. I think we'll see how this, this plays out for him. Yeah, absolutely. And going forward, I think, I still think this could be one of the better teams in the league and, it's only going to get better when Gordon finally lands in New England and uh, gets his assignments down, and that'll be, and then he'll be good to go. Well, I mean, he, I mean, I'm talking like 12 to 15 points a week. Yeah, from that. yeah. The more the concerning part about this team for me is that he's the got, running backs are atrocious. No, I, I actually don't hate Jordan Howard as much as you do. Um, I think that he's a solid running back one if you have Antonio Brown and Julio Jones. You know, if if he was somebody else's running back one, that's a different story. I think he's a good running back one for the team that the Mullers have. Um, the part that makes me nervous is he has three players from the same team, and I just don't. I don't. I don't love that. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of that either. I think that because if a team underperforms, you're you're losing out that week. And the Steelers are doing like for fantasy, they're doing okay right now, and they have underperformed so far, zero and one and one. Um, but in reality, let's be serious. They tied the Browns, so really they should be just zero and two. The Browns should have got a tie, and the Steelers should have got a loss for that game. Yep. Um. So, you know, it is what it is. We'll see how his team turns out. I'm not going to start anything here. I, I'm going to start something here. Just to let you know, Kramer. A certain person in confidence told me they think they're wor- they're a little worried about your team. They think your team might be better than theirs. That no. person may or may not be the person who declared themselves having the best team in the league. Oh, my God. A little MC squared action going on. I didn't say it. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So, there was a game, and I use that term loosely, between Carmelone FC and Fondue Belly Button, both of which who will not hear this, so we can really say whatever we want about them. Um, it happened to be the closest game of the week at 82.7 for Fondue Belly Button to 81.4 for Carmelone FC. In their defense... They are missing some big pieces. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is out for Carmelone for obvious reasons. And Devonta Freeman and Alshon Jeffrey are out for Fondue Belly Button. He, let's start with Fondue Belly Button. He won. You know, Alex Smith got 13.1 points. Disappointing. It's disappointing. It's disappointing because you've got two, he's got two quarterbacks and both of them were disappointing. There's not one of these quarterbacks that you can start 
each week and feel confident in. Yeah, it's disappointing, but if based on his career, it's not wholly unexpected from Alex Smith. Up until oh, last year, sure. you know, he was a 13 to 16 point quarterback. Last year, he blew up. You kind of saw it again with that 19.6 against Arizona. Turns out Arizona really sucks. Um, you know, we'll see going forward how it how it is for Alex Smith. Great, now, r- great real quarterback fantasy. Not so sure. This is this is crazy to me because think about this. This these are the margins that separate someone from winning and someone from losing. Eric rolls with Andrew Luck the first week. The dude puts up nineteen point five points, I believe, and then. Alex Smith, the first week, puts up 19.6, has no reason to even change his quarterback. I'm still rolling with Andrew Luck if I'm him, right, in the second week. And he changes to Alex Smith, who outproduces Andrew Luck by less than two points. And that those less than two points actually get him the win. Right. It's freaking ridiculous. Yeah. He would have he would have lost by point four points had he started Andrew Luck. Um and in all honesty, predicting game script, if I'm looking at this, I think that Washington would be winning and that Ale- and that Andrew Luck would be losing and that Luck would have to pass more and would get more points. I, I probably would have started Luck. I know. Now Oh man, that is unbelievable. But that's just that's just how it goes sometimes. You just get lucky. I mean, uh, yeah, we know we've seen that for the last two years. It's literally unexplainable. Um, it's, I it's think probably, you were saying earlier this week that he didn't even know who Kareem Hunt was. And you're like, you're I, number one running back. It's a breath of fresh air to see, for him to see Kareem Hunt back um, in, do, in double digits, um, you know, mid double digits. I did. I said we were um, chatting on the phone and I said, oh, it's nice to see Hunt's back. And he said, who? And I said, Hunt. And it was dead silent for about 10 seconds. And I could just hear him thinking. And then I said, Kareem Hunt, you're running back? And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 that's good. And I was just like. Out of curiosity, were you talking fantasy or you just out of random, randomly said it? We were talking fantasy. Okay. Yeah. Um, James White, uh, that, that was a good role. I mean. I think you're kind of sticking with him. He's put up double digits. Uh, Kenny Stills hurt him. That 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 hurts. I think that's what more what you're going to see from Kenny Stills this season. Not that low. I'm thinking like eight point range somewhere. Um, but as a flex, that's fine. T.Y. Hilton is really going to lead this team, and this is exactly the Chris Hogan he was hoping for. The first week Chris Hogan let him down. This week is what you expected of Chris Hogan. Now, he got away without playing a kicker. Now, I don't know how that worked out. But, I'll know, tell you how it worked out, because Alex it's, Smith. It's it's unbelievable. It sucks for Eric that Devonta Freeman's going to be out for extended time, because really, he needs that person to come in, and then he can have a toss-up between Kenny Stills and James White on who he wants as his flex. Um, I think Alshon Jeffrey will be a huge pickup once he comes back. He can certainly slot into that flex. Plus, we know Wentz and, and Jeffrey like to connect. Good numbers from Rob Woods, but still not trusting him. Uh, and Theo Riddick, I'm not trusting at all. Uh, almost within dropping. I, I, I would think about dropping him, in, in all honesty. But that's just me. Yeah, Riddick is a... Riddick, to me, is only 
more appealing in a full PPR because he's just not getting he got zero carries this week. I mean, he got nine receptions. That's 13.7 points total. If you know, this was a full PPR, that's much more usable to me. Whereas this 9.2, you know, it's it's teetering between that and like a six point week. It all depends on the game script, really. They fell way behind early and he became a big target. And that's that's difficult to predict. Um, Absolutely. Kenny Stills, he's a boom bust guy. Like I said about his receivers for from the beginning, he's got four boom bust guys, not including Jeffrey, because Jeffrey was, you know, out at the time. But even he's a little bit more of a boom bust guy. He's week to week. When he does come back, he should provide a little bit of stability there. Um, so, you know, between Stills, Jeff, between Stills and Woods, he's got to make and Hogan. He's got to make that decision every week. And you know, Eric tends to get lucky and pick right. that right guy. Um, that's it right. And you know, what do you think? What do you think happens to Hogan now that Gordon shows up? Um, I still think he's a. I still think he's a reliable player. I think it actually frees him up a little more. I think people are going to have to key in on Gordon. Um, Can I rephrase the question? Go for it. In two weeks, Edelman's back. Gordon's there. Hogan's there. Uh, James White is there. Uh, Gronkowski's there. What happens to Hogan then? Yeah, it's gonna. They're gonna be rolling with Gordon and Edelman. I hope. Um, it's if Eric doesn't listen to this, so it doesn't matter. And anyone listening to this, it's a warning shot. But if I'm Eric and Chris Hogan has a week like this again, I'm trying to trade him. That would involve Eric looking at his fantasy. And Eric's never traded before, so that won't happen. Right. So, so I think he takes a hit. Um, Edelman has obviously got a better rapport, I think, with Brady, and I think that Josh Gordon that you'll will find out pretty quickly that he's going to be probably the number one target there. Okay. Especially in the red zone. Um, yeah. I'm just floating up the page looking at Carl, and it uh, looks like. You know, as a, it was a real scare with Rodgers. I'm sure Rob was crap in his pants because he was the first one to take quarterback. And when you take quarterback and you take Rodgers, you expect him to play every single game. You can't afford you can't afford for him to miss games, and you can't afford for him to be injured. Um, so probably a, a breath of fresh air to see Rodgers play. Um, Marshawn Lynch is doing Marshawn Lynch things. I'm starting Le'Veon Bell over Duke Johnson Jr. I don't even care. I'll take the zero. <laughs> Duke Johnson Jr. sucks. That guy is trash. Drop him. Get rid of him. Um, um, with regards to that, the uh, coach Hugh Jackson did just say that he's going to vow to get Duke Johnson the ball more. I don't no, know if that changes anything. Every coach is a liar. What, what am I going to I'm going to be a coach and I'm going to tell every other coach on national on a national program what my plan is. That's such a scam. Right. Uh, but that being said, Rob, you should probably start Duke Johnson this week because Aaron's telling you to drop him. Well, hey, I've been no, I've been money. I told him he should have started Deshaun Jackson. He would have won this week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that is that is uh, true. 
Um, I've been, I've been, listen, my own team aside, I've been pretty spot on, I feel, with a lot of these uh, things. But I think I'm confident enough to, obviously, you have to, if you saw the interview with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Deshaun Jackson, who snuck out during the interview. Oh, man, spoiler alert. I didn't watch it yet. Listen, the rapport between those guys is, you won't find anything like it. Yeah. He's loving it. He's loving Fitzpatrick. Deshaun Jackson is a is a shoe in every single week. Um, uh, I mean, he's still one of those boom bust guys. He is. He hasn't busted yet. So it's um, coming. It's not this I week, think, but it's coming. I think, I think when you look at Rob's receivers, you have to drop Crabtree to the bench, not drop him, but yeah. move him to the bench. You play Jackson, um, and then you slot. You slot Le'Veon Bell up to your RB2 and drop Duke Johnson Jr. Well, to be fair, to be fair, I would put Giovanni Bernard in because for two to four weeks, Mixon's out. Yeah, he's going to get And Rob has to hope that Le'Veon Bell's back by then. Exactly. I think these are two teams that can consider themselves extremely lucky to both be one and one right now. Yes, I agree. Rob, well, Rob is considering himself lucky for being one and one right now. His team would look a lot different with Le'Veon Bell and and maybe oh. wouldn't feel as lucky with that. But, yeah, I mean, if, if Rob is really going to make a push in this for the Brian this year, Le'Veon Bell has to come back. Even if it's week 10, he has to come back. If he comes yeah. back week 10, he can sneak into the playoffs and make a real real uh, uh, chance at that Brian. Yeah, and without Le'Veon Bell, it's... Yeah. Unfortunately, it's a lost cause. You can't go the whole year without your number one pick. Right. Um, Carson Wentz back for him. He will see how he does this week. He can bump up off IR onto the bench, and you know maybe if if Rogers gets re-injured or something, he can step in. Uh, Rogers had a disappointing week. Crabtree got what you expected. Duke got what you expected. I mean, I I started Duke in another league. And it was because it was full PPR, and I thought that the Saints were going to be crushing them, and and they'd have to just start passing to him. But that's not how that game played out. Gronk, very disappointing week. 2.5 points against Jacksonville and a loss to them. Um, Two receptions for 15 yards. Not what you want to see from somebody who you... A tight end that you take in the third round, at the start of the third round, first pick overall in that round. Yeah, um... This just saying George Kittle outperformed him. (laughs) Rob set a lot of trends this year. He was probably he was the first one to take a tight end. He's the first one to take a quarterback and he had first pick. Um, When those three are underperforming, it's not going to be a good week for him. And the crazy thing is he barely lost. So, you know, um, if like you said, if Le'Veon Bell comes back, if. Gronk does what he's supposed to do, and and Rogers does what he's supposed to do. Rob has a chance. I I when did I, I pegged him as one of the best teams in this in this league. You but did. right now, without Le'Veon Bell, you know, again, he's he's lucky to be one and one. Agreed. Other than that, you know, Rob, get rid of one of your defenses. Come on, grow up. You need one defense. You need one kicker. You need maybe you need one tight end. Like, be a big boy now. Stop listening to Meg. All right. Let's move on to the matchup of the week. All right. I don't want to be mean, but the matchup of the week, not so much of a matchup of the week. No, it sucked. 
Todd job, 134.2 to look out for the Sandusky sack, 82.6. Um, it's, it's unfortunate. You know, I really do believe, like, I don't believe that your team is, is bad as, as it's, as it's shaping out to be for you. Um, we'll talk, we'll talk Todd job first. Russell Wilson, underperforming week, 14.7 points. I know you've actually been a a proponent of saying that, you know, that's what you expect from him this season. That's what you're going to get from him. That's it. That last week, last week was an overperforming week. This is his, this is his ceiling this year. And it's not because of him. It's not because of, it's just, that's the, that's the way it falls. They, the team is not that good. Seattle's not that good this year. I think it's a week to week thing. He plays Dallas this week. He'll think he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He plays Arizona. He'll be fine for that. I mean, I could play quarterback against Arizona right now. After that, they have the Rams. So, you know, it's a week to week thing. I think with Russell Wilson, he's still a talented guy. He still gets lucky. I don't know if you saw any of the game last night, but he tossed one up to Tyler Lockett and that was an extremely lucky pass and catch. And that's one of the things you've hated in the past about Wilson you feel like he gets really lucky, but it is luck. Luck is luck is luck is part of it. I mean, that's why that's why Eric has two Bryans right now. Um, well, yeah, I agree. Luck is definitely part of it. I just I don't think I think Wilson going forward, this is his ceiling for the year. Man, what a what a disappointment. Let me let me just roll through Kyle's. Roster real quick. Gurley is a freaking monster. I mean, it is stupid just to see how much they lean on him. It's it's crazy. He's he's gonna put up. He may not put up under twenty points this season. But again, this is this is just how it goes. Blau Powell is not putting up sixteen point five points ever again this season. He's uh, weak. I don't know, whatever week he plays in Miami again. Week nine. But it's just it's just such trash. Like, I'm looking at Bilal Powell and I watched when he scored the touchdown, and it's just it's just irritating and garbage because the guy's not good. He's not good. He's not right. a good player. Like, stop scoring goddamn points on weeks that you're playing me, you scumbag. <laughs> um, I mean, for whatever reason, Kyle does that. He has it out for you. Tyler Lockett, of course you're going to pick him up. That's a good pickup by Kyle because um, Doug Baldwin's out. You ha- I mean, he has Doug Baldwin. He's picking up Tyler Lockett. Right, so, so that's a one-for-one one expe- expectation. Yep. You'd expect Doug Baldwin to get those points. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, not his best week, but still 96 yards. I mean, he's putting up double digits. That's perfect for a wide receiver, too. Uh, Keenan Allen, a down week. Um, Travis Kelsey, a retarded amount of points this week. Um, two touchdowns, which, uh, whatever. I, it's, I, it is I'm what it put, is, Travis I put, Kelsey. I put my league dues on him not probably scoring two touchdowns in a game again the rest of the season. That's but a lot. That's, that's just me. You know what? My league dues, 30 bucks. Um, but I'm saying, like, you know, Travis Kelsey – is the next closest thing to Gronkowski, who you wouldn't be surprised about two touchdowns. Yeah, that's fine, I guess. But I just, 
It's just because he's playing. Whenever, okay, whenever Kyle plays me again, okay, put up okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, God, it's just every week there's just someone who comes out with fake news. It's crazy. Um, his bench. I mean, who cares? Corey Clement. Corey, Corey Clement. The only reason he might be relevant is um, uh, Ajayi's out for next week at least, so he may he may be relevant against the poor Indianapolis defense. Yeah, and that's all I really have to say about his team. I mean, hey, they all perform. He got double digits from everybody except for Keenan Allen, who you expect to have double digits, and you're gonna win when you get double digits from every player. So, yeah. Um, Kyle's team looks I, I think his team looks solid overall. He's got a good receiving core if you consider Lockett and Baldwin to be like a one to one for right now. Like once Baldwin comes back and it slots in there, that's three solid receivers. Second best tight end, best running back. Like he's got a solid team. He's got Ingram coming back. He's got a scary team. We'll see what happens. Um but hey Kyle. You did it. You're there, man. You got your two wins. You matched last year. All right. Um, moving on to the sack. Yeah, Brady was shit. Cook was shit. Yeldon was what you thought he would be. Tevin Coleman was good. Fitzgerald was shit. Thomas was shit. Jordan Reed was what I only care about for a tight end. And Robbie Gold was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um Underperforming from your your two big wide receivers, you kind of expected more from them. Um, you know, it was a toss up. I would say between whether I would want would have wanted Cooper Cup to play or TJ Yeldon. You went volume, which is a smart move because you expect Yeldon to pick up a big amount of volume. Fournette was out. You can't help that. It is what it is. There, Cook. I don't. Even, I mean. That receiving core is so crazy, and they're passing so much that, I mean, that that could be good for him in the long term. He's coming back from some injuries, but he's going, he should be solid the rest of the way. I, I would say he's going to be a running back too, and that's kind of where I had him pegged before the season. But I had Fournette as a running back one, so I think you still, even though you got them in reverse order, I think you still have a good running back one and running back two. Brady is Brady. He will do fine. I mean, he got 16.4 points against Jacksonville. They're the toughest defense in the league. And they're the, really the only defense you can count on being tough week in and week out at this point. Um, It was a surprising loss. Uh, Brady doesn't do well in Florida. He, I mean, yes, I would say he has probably a 500 record or something close to that against the Dolphins over the last couple of years in his uh, of his career, and you know it's it's in Miami that they he he ends up losing. Uh, I don't know if he and Giselle are going out partying when they're in Miami, but I don't think there's that much dude in Jacksonville, so I don't know what was going on there. Uh, Tevin Coleman, I mean, you got him for another three weeks there as a, as a good running back. You should be solid there, and there's no matchup in there that's that looks particularly scary. Um, and he's a good pass threat too. He's great out of the backfield, uh, as a receiver. I'm, I'm a little nervous about Fitzgerald and what's going on down there in Arizona. 
They have a tough matchup next week, too, against Chicago. Um, I think you're going to see Rosen sooner rather than later. And you're going to hope that that's better for Fitzgerald, but I don't know that it will be. Yeah, I listen, I don't mind losing. Um, but it does really piss me off when players can't reach double-digit points. Um, it's honestly... In a 10-team league, it's unacceptable for any player on a starting roster to not reach double digits. It's it's absolutely infuriating. Yeah. And if I had Larry Fitzgerald and Demarius Thomas in front of me right now, and I was 6'5 and 240 pounds, I'd smash them both in the goddamn face. <laughs> but... I'm 5'4 and 165 pounds, so that's not going to happen, and I'll never be at my house. <laughs> uh, yeah. That being said, again, it's just, this is, I know it sounds crazy, and it happens to everybody, but this is how the last, especially the last season, and how this season has started. Players tend to overperform for whatever reason the week that I happen to be playing against them. And then my players tend to, aside from last week, which they all performed, underperform. So we'll see what happens in week three. I'm playing Eric's team. Not to shit on Eric. Again, he won't listen to this, so who cares? He's got one of the worst teams in the league. If, if I don't win that matchup because of some fucking random person blowing up, then that's just it's just the way it goes. And, you know, it's not – it's possible because – Eric gets so lucky. Like, he gets so lucky in fantasy. Unfortunate. I'm sorry that it had to be Todd Job, but the the struggle continues to beat him. You guys, uh, when do you face off again? Do you know? Mm, I'm not sure. You know, you got one more, at least one more shot this season to to beat him. Hopefully that goes down that way for you. You play on week seven, and we'll see how that, that turns out for you guys. It looks like he has some pretty big buys that, well, he has uh, a couple buys that week, so you can see how that turns out. Holy smokes, he's got four Seattle Seahawks on his team. He's got too many Seahawks. <laughs> he actually has all Seahawks. <laughs> Every I mean, Seahawks you're, the, only buy, the only buy you have that week is Randall Cobb, so we'll see. And he probably won't be starting then So for me, so. Yeah, fing- fingers crossed. All right, let's talk week three quickly we have our predictions that we need to make and we will see what uh what we can expect or or what we're expecting going forward just to update you last week uh we had pretty similar picks the only differences we had were um was the Kalo and joey game and we were both wrong we picked cranmer to beat me i won we picked eric we picked diddy we picked Kyle, you picked Kalo, I picked Joey, so I gained a game on you there, um, and I'm 8-2 and two so far this season, you're 4-6, and six. we'll try and turn that around maybe this weekend unless we have another close close prediction, being that I'm in the lead and we won't, don't want to give me an advantage of just marrying your picks so that we have the same difference between us, I will go first. Yeah, the problem is there's, I feel like there's clear and obvious winners every week right now. Right so, now, yeah. You know, once there's some bye weeks and then there's some there's some injuries, this this will make it a little more interesting. Yeah, and and I mean that's when 
And there's always surprises, and that's what we got to wait for. So in the matchup of Wiley's Dead Footballers and uh, focused on playoffs, I'm taking Kalo. Uh, I think he has a really good team. He has really good options on the bench. He's kind of got a scary team. That being said, he had a very scary team at this point last year. We'll see what goes down over the long haul, but I'm taking Kalo. Yeah, I'm go- I'm rolling with Kalo too. I think he's just got too much firepower right now. He's putting up numbers, and he's playing against two uh, good teams, and that's why he has a loss, but he's put he's putting up too much numbers right now to go against him. Yeah, matchup number two is between Wes's Shitheads and Todd Job. I don't know if I even have to ask you. I'm putting Kyle over Wes's Shitheads, barring any significant moves made this week. Yeah, I'm going with I'm going with Kyle too. Um, I think Wes has got some work to do. Luckily for me, he's over two. And Cranmer's over two, so I'm not the only zero and two guy right now. But I think Wes is looking at zero and three, unfortunately. Yeah, but you know that's a comfortable spot for Wes. He'll 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 either make some moves and bounce back, or he won't. Uh, matchup number three: Look out for the Sandusky sack versus the Fondue Belly Button. What was your nickname for this game? Oh, this is the Romulus and Remus Derby. All right, so, I'm picking the Elder. Romulus? I'm not sure, but yeah, let's go with that. I, I too, am going to roll with myself this week because I do feel confident uh, that my team will have a bounce back. And I'm not just saying that because obviously it's my team, but I just don't believe in Eric's team that much. Now, how much do you take into consideration of just believing Eric and his fantasy luck? So are you sure you don't want to change your mind? Uh, you're selling. Let's see. He's got Kareem Hunt against San Francisco. James White against Detroit. He has made some moves. He put Robert Woods in. T.Y. Hilton against Philly. Let's see. What do you have? Um, I'm still. Either way, I'm still going with me. Yeah, I know. Would you say your lineup set? No. Okay. Because uh, you don't know what Fournette's getting. Right. Right. So well, yeah. To- I assume Fournette and and Yeldon are just interchangeable. Um. I just I think your team is good and you've just gotten unlucky in the first couple of weeks. And I don't think that Eric's team is that good, so I'm sticking with you. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> sorry I'm picking your team to win. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about Carl and Big Mike? I'm assuming we're both going with Big Mike. Big I... Mike's putting up monster numbers and somehow Rob is one and one and I just don't see him getting a win out of this one. Agreed. Cranmer. Uh, and then the last uh, last one, which actually we're deeming the game of the week, uh, Joey Mack, 1-1 one one versus Diddy, 2-0. Uh, and, oh. and I am picking, who did I pick? I picked Joey to win this one. Yeah, his team is, his team is out of control right now. Um, we can't all, we can't both pick the same thing, so I'll all the way through so this is definitely going to be the closest game well, of the week. it's like uh, you said it's like you said both you know in this early season when there's no buys like you know there is it's just like you can't help it jj is supposed to be out yeah I yeah mean, i do if i'm not huge on jj but if he was around maybe pick diddy but i'm gonna stick with joe mac too he's just he's i just see him edging out diddy in this one but i think i think this will be 
probably the closest game I'm going to say within six points. Oh, okay. All right. So we'll find out those scores. Uh, Thursday night game is Browns, Jets at Browns. So the Jets are going to Cleveland. I'm taking, I am taking Cleveland. They're getting their first win. Jets suck. Jets do suck. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, and I stand firmly by that. And I'm only comparing them to the Bills and the Ravens. Wow, the Ravens. You mean the Cardinals? And the Ravens. The oh. Ravens suck, too. Okay. The Ravens suck. The the Bills suck. And the Cardinals suck. Hey, you know what? I'll tell you. If the Cardinals get over the 50-yard line in the first half, I'll buy you a beer. You'll buy me a beer? Yep. All right. Sounds like a deal. <laughs> How about a pizza with three toppings on it? Uh, you're asking a little much now. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, few of you will get that reference. Um, some of you won't, but if you don't get it, then screw you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's been fun talking teams this week. Hopefully everybody listens and enjoys this. Uh, we will be back next week to talk the results. Yeah, and uh, good luck to everyone, and good luck to me, Wes, and Grant. Uh, me, Wes, and who's who hasn't won yet? Uh, the standings, we got uh, Wes, you, and Kramer. Yeah, good luck. Hopefully, uh, hopefully all three of us get our first win. All right, good luck. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the DFFL Podcast. For more information on the DFFL, head on over to DoverFFL.Weebly.com.